Hey, welcome into the Sink of Truth Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. like to thank uh, our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Superbook. Um, uh, I tell you what, they do such a great job. Check them out at superbook.com. Um, and and uh, also stinkinggood.com as well. Uh, my Green Chili Company. Check them out. Um, they're just absolutely awesome. Mike, how you doing, my friend? I am well. I am back. I was gone for a week. I'm a. Uh, it felt like four weeks that you were gone. <laughs> well, I'm and, but, but we've been off for a while on the podcast. So it was great to have everybody back to the Stinking Truth podcast. So much fun. We appreciate you all. Yeah. So we're we're eager. Uh, another season upon us. We got training camps ready to open. But yet, mm-hmm. hanging over all of that is the intrigue of what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. Who's going to blink first? We've had we've had you know new news, sort of. I, I well, new news of an old news. You know the idea that the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a, a contract extension a, a while back that was was turned down. Where where are you at when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and what's going to happen with the Packers? I just I really believe that there is no way that Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Green Bay Packers. I just think he is done. And, you know, there's so many different little things, Mike, that we talk about, right? There's so many things that we discuss when it comes to kind of Aaron Rodgers and the Aaron Rodgers watch. And we've talked at nauseum about, you know, about all the different little things, you know, going back to, you know, in 10 years drafting, you know, in the first round, um, nine defensive players, and then the heir apparent to you at the quarterback position. And not just drafting him. You know, the difference between Aaron Rodgers being there at 24 when Brett Favre was the quarterback, and they're like, we can't pass up the potential of Aaron Rodgers. That That's different than, hey, we're moving up to draft your heir apparent. Like, hey, Jordan Love is there. We're not going to wait for him to fall to us. We're moving up to get him. There's There's a difference there, right? So you can look at all these different things that have gone on. Him endorsing Jake Kumro and the and the you know just the connection he has had during training camp with him, and then the next day the Packers cutting him. Him begging the Packers not to let go of his center because he thinks his center is great, and then a couple days later that center signing with the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, I mean, it, the, it, there's a litany of things. And so I'm doing a Twitch show last night with my partner, Trey Wingo, from, our, you know, we were work-wise for 16 years at ESPN together. Yeah, stepping out on me. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you, you know, I mean, it's a new, it's the digital world, man. Uh-huh. It's raging. The party is raging. And guess what? Like, we're You're America's guest. No, we're a little bit late to the party, <laughs> but you know what? They're just tapping the second keg, right? <laughs> That's it's, true. It's just getting rolling right now. The digital <laughs> content world is something special. So. Um, with that said, you know, Trey had it on good authority that they promised him. And, and if you put the like if you put all the puzzle pieces together, that they have promised Aaron Rodgers that they were going to trade him. And what has Aaron Rodgers said countless times? I threw a monkey wrench into their yeah. plans by being the MVP. So they promised him that he, they were going to trade him. And then they said, "Uh oh, we've got cold feet. We're not going to do this. And and the contract that he turned down, listen, the money's fungible, right? You can you can manipulate it and move it around any way you want. It's they tacked on two years at the end of that contract is what it what it seems like as you look at it and you kind of read um, the tea leaves there. They tacked on a couple of years at the end of the contract with no guaranteed money up front. 
So you're saying, hey, come play for us for another year. Here's the biggest contract in NFL history. You'll never see it, Aaron, but come play for us for one more year, and then we'll make the move. You know, and and Aaron's like, up yours, man. I'm not going to do that. Forget you guys. So that's where we are there. That, to me, is a fake contract. What Dallas did for two years with Dak Prescott, and the contract, the parameters of the contract kept coming out with Dak Prescott going, look, Dak Prescott's going to be the highest paid quarterback in, you know, the most this, that, the most the other. So I always think about this. Who's got the most to gain from reporting that news? Is it Aaron Rodgers or is it the Green Bay Packers? And, and honestly, I mean, it, it's easy. It's, it's the Green Bay Packers. Why? Because they need to make sure that everybody knows that Aaron Rodgers is a greedy turd. We gave him the most money ever. Look, Go on social media and look how Packer fans are starting to turn on Aaron Rodgers. Greedy. Man, if I had that kind of money, they're offering him a new contract. What is he doing? Same thing that was going down with Dak Prescott for two years. This exact same thing. So it's the team that releases that stuff. You as an agent or you as a player don't release the parameters of a contract you don't want to sign. And so the last part of this is you and I do a show in Denver, Colorado together. um, And, uh, you know, and and it's it's great show. It's Schler than Evans, 104.3 The Fan. And we also were doing the draft together. And that's when I came on the draft and I had some juicy news. And I'm not a reporter, so I'm not vetting it three different ways. That there was there was a deal that was that was almost done. It was as close to a done deal as possible with the Denver Broncos and the Green Bay Packers. And then you know it fell apart, and everybody said, and the Packers came out and said, "Well, we weren't even talking to anybody. We weren't entertaining anything." You know, blah 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 blah. Our GM didn't any, entertain any trade talks or talk to anybody. So why we were doing the show, Mike, and I reported that, and it was going crazy, right? And it, I wasn't the only one in Denver talking about Correct. it. Correct. Or reporting it. Correct. It was going crazy. Um, why we were talking, Aaron Rodgers uh, was DM, DMing me on Twitter going, dude, how did you hear this? Who's your source? And blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you who my source is, but this is what I've heard. Is it true? And he's like, hey, listen, uh, I can't talk about it right now type of thing. And I go, well, when you come out to Denver, uh, if you come out to Denver, come to my house for dinner. He said, yeah, sure thing, you know. Um, and, I mean, he may be here anyhow, regardless of, of you know. Um, and we've known each other for 15, 20 years, whatever it is, however long he's been playing. So that was kind of the conversation. So we get done with the segment that we're doing ab- about draft night, right? And it's me and it's, you know, you and it's Tyler Columbus and it's uh, Mac and it's a bunch of other people, right? soon as we go off for break, my phone rings. And you know who it is? It's the Denver Broncos. So I'm like, all right, got to answer this. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? And he goes, hey, you know, the, the, the PR guy on the other side. Um, hey, man, uh, like, hey, who, who's your source? How'd you hear this? Well, you, you, I know your buddies with Darren, right? Yeah, like, there was not one denial there was not, hey, man, this you're getting an erroneous information. We have not talked. We have not reached out. We have not done anything. It was none of that, Mike. And you know as well as I do, when teams don't like what's being reported or if it's untrue, they'll call you and say, hey, man, you're making yourself look silly because this is not happening. All they wanted to know is how I got the information. What was my – they never one time denied it, never one time said it wasn't happening, 
Never one time said that they weren't talking. Never one time said, hey, we're not, we're not that close. None of that. They said, who's your source? Are you getting this directly from Aaron? Is that... So if I put all those pieces together, I mean, you know, you tell me. Right. You right. tell me. All those pieces together. Would if, if I was a gambling man and I said, hey, 100%, you, you, it's either or. That your only two choices are he plays for the, the Green Bay Packers again or he never plays for them again. I put all those pieces together. I have to go with he never plays for them again. And yet there seems to be a growing opinion that the compromise will be he comes back, plays for one more year with the assurances, promise that he'll be dealt after the season. The Packers' uh, idea is, hey, look, Give us one more year. This allows us to be able to open up a, a, a whole bunch of teams that may be looking to trade for you next season, and we'd be able to get those teams' upcoming draft picks, which could be real juicy as opposed to, hey, if we trade you to Denver now, even if we get future draft picks, they may be in the, the mid to high 20s. How does that really help us? So what about the idea that as a compromise, he comes in and plays for one year, one more year? Uh, I'm going to come in and play for one more year for what you're you're paying me right now with no injury guarantee or anything else. Basically, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to come in. What if I what if I you know tear up a knee and never play again? Then what? You're going to yeah. Then I have no trade value, right? I mean, I guess for the Packers, he has no trade value then. Like I I just again I I don't see I don't see that being viable. Oh, so I'm going to come in. And I'm going to put my career on the line, and, and I'm going to risk that. Because either, like, if for the Packers, if he gets hurt and injured, well, they've already had their, they've already had their succession plan, right? They're already, and it doesn't cost them anything. And they're not going to get anything in return, but it, it, it hasn't cost them anything. And he's done, and, uh, and he's, he's gone. For Aaron Rodgers, who's planning on signing and wanting to sign a, a four- or five-year deal to make him the highest-paid guy, like a real deal with guaranteed upfront money, not, hey, let's tack two years on the end of this three-year deal that you have left. Let's tack a couple of years on there, and let's make them astronomical. Like, let's put so much money on there that it looks ridiculous to the general public when they say this contract is, you know, this contract is more than Patrick Mahomes. It's $52 million a year. And, oh, by the way, you'll never see a penny of it because it's at the back end, and we're going to get rid of you anyhow. I, like I, it makes no sense to me for Aaron Rodgers to say, "Okay, I'll come in and play and risk that, and not have a new contract, and risk the potential of that, and and be miserable because I don't like the people in charge of the organization." I, I just, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, so let's say he sticks to his guns and he stays away. Does he have to do more than that to get Green Bay? off of this idea that we're just going to squat on Aaron Rodgers and play the waiting game and see if he blinks first. Up until this point, he has been relatively quiet, Mm -hmm. a few cryptic comments here and there, a little passive-aggressive stuff, but nothing along the lines of what we've seen from other players who have, you know, made enough noise and really portrayed themselves as the villain to get themselves moved. What about the idea of, of Rodgers... I guess, sort of playing the villain role, coming out, doing an interview, saying, hey, I want out. Hey, this team promised that they'd trade me, and now they're reneging on it. 
you know, what what about the idea of just kind of, uh, you know, being a, a bad enough apple that they have no choice but to move him? I just I, – I can't see him coming in. He's such a competitor, and he's so good. And, and you know, you've got such a legacy of being one of the greatest that's ever played. Are you going to come in and just be a, a, a malcontent? You're going to come in and, and you know, not work hard. You're going to come in and, and, you know, practice with your shoes untied and don't care. I, I just – I can never see Aaron Rodgers um, – dishonoring the craft the guy is the guy is one he's brilliant one he's a a very deep thinker um when you sit down and and have a meeting with him like he's the the only quarterback I've ever talked to that that talked to me about I don't even read the secondary I read the defensive front because I know what coverages are tied to what defensive fronts they're playing. I know what coverage they like to play out of a 25 front, a 57 front, a 4-3 front, a 45 front. I know the coverages that are coming with that stuff. So I know when they get to in this front, man, I know what safety is rotating down, what safety is if they're going to stay in a too high based upon just the front. So he goes, I, I, toy, like, I, I toy with the DBs. I've got to believe it frustrates them when I never look at them pre-snap. I never look at the shell of the defense. Every other quarterback is taught, hey, look at the shell of the defense. He was taught by Tom Clemens when he was a rookie. And Tom Clemens was the quarterback coach, longtime NFL coach. He was taught to read the defensive fronts, to study defensive fronts and how they tie to coverages. And he's the only quarterback that I've ever talked to in, you know, 16 years of of being an analyst for ESPN and now the last four years of being a game analyst for Fox. He's the only quarterback that's ever explained it that way to me. And so he's a deep thinker. He takes a lot of pride in what he, you know, what he does as a quarterback. Can you see him coming in and tarnishing no. the craft? No. I can't. No, no. And he has said throughout uh, some of the things that we have said, heard about from, from him on this is that he's got no problem with, you know, his coaches and his, his right. teammates. So why is he going to come in? And make life miserable for for those guys. It, it it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. All right, we got a lot more topics to get to, but first, this friendly message. Yeah, this friendly message. Hey, man, uh, Marks All Pros. Check it out at Marks All Pros. We're building uh, MarksAllPros.com. We're building the great uh, the greatest referral network. You can also uh, check out uh, some of the great companies in there, like my own company, Stinking Good Green Chili at StinkingGood.com. So uh, a lot of great things going on right now here in the Denver market and uh, nationwide as well. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, he means it this time. Now he's really serious. <laughs> now, uh, he, now, he, now he really, really, really wants mm. to get to the Super Bowl. Said he'll do just about anything to get to the Super Bowl this year. Not uh, the, just about. He said he'd do anything he do, in, many, in mankind. Anything in mankind right. to get to the Super Bowl this year. So uh, here are the numbers, and then I'll let you go. Since winning the Super Bowl in 1995 and then driving off Jimmy Johnson because Jimmy Johnson was getting too much credit – since 1995, the championship-driven Dallas Cowboys have gone four and eleven in the playoffs. Right, but he means it now. Yeah, well, now he had driven off Jimmy Johnson the year before. Oh, that's right, he got Barry, and Switzer. Then Barry, right. Barry Switzer, Switzer for a year. You and I could have won a Super Bowl right. with that team, uh, right? As, we, if we were coaching, as loaded as as they were, I'll do anything known to man 
as long as it's not firing myself as the GM or circumventing the authority of my coach or letting go of my radio show <laughs> or driving my big bus around to let everybody know I'm in town. Like I'll do but anything other than those things, I'm willing to do those things. Like I have said this for 20 plus years, Mike. And is it part of because I hate the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, it's partly because I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but it's true. If you constantly, if your organizational structure is such that you're constantly circumventing the authority of your head coach, you cannot win. You cannot win consistently. You cannot win champion. It's not a championship formula. If your organizational structure stinks, right? It, it just can't, it can't be done. Can you imagine, you know, there were so many people, there were so many people that got their panties in a wad when Bruce Arians basically splayed out Tom Brady after that first game in New Orleans last year when he threw a couple of picks and he threw a pick six and he played like garbage, right? And Bruce Arians, the head coach, just went out and basically said, hey, we got an all-star quarterback. you got to start playing like an all-star quarterback. Like, he sucked today, right? I mean, that's – but that's how Bruce Arians is. And I laughed about it because I had – I think I had Tampa in week three against Denver – and I laugh because I, I've known Bruce Arians for years, back to his when he was a, a Pittsburgh Steeler coach, uh, offensive coordinator. I've been talking to him since then, right? And so I just laughed. I go, people that think that you were going to, you know, soft shoe around Tom Brady, they don't know you very well. And we were just kind of laughing about it. He goes, I'm going to say what I'm going to say because that's just the way I am. It's authentic, right? And Brady loves to be coached hard. Brady, like, he didn't care about that stuff. But could you imagine in Tampa Bay if all of a sudden the owner comes and circumvents Bruce Arians' right. authority? Like, how does that work? And, and so I always talk about authenticity, and I talk about, you know, there's this respect, this fear. Like, there's fear, both the biblical sense of fear, which is an awesome reverence or respect, but there's also got to be real fear. Like, this guy will cut my butt if I don't play well. Like, there's, there's two separate types of fear, right? And you've got to have those things. That, that's got to be part of your – that's got to be part of your organizational structure. And if you have no fear of your head coach, I can't believe they ever had fear of Jason Garrett, both from a reverence standpoint, like, man, Jason, I, I love this guy. Like, he's got my back. You know, I'll, I'll go out and, and, I'll, and I'll sacrifice for this guy. Or – hey, Jason will cut me if I don't pr produce. Because it's Jerry's. Jerry's the one that's making those decisions. And so whether it's Jason Garrett, whether it's um, um, McCarthy, it, it doesn't matter. If, you're, if you've appointed your coach but haven't empowered your coach, your players aren't going to respect it. And, and, and that's how players operate. So I just cannot believe the way the organization is structured that they can ever actually win a championship. And you know what? So far for 26 years, I've been right. Organization aside, do they do they have a team, do you think, right now? You know, especially coming out of a division right. that really There's, doesn't look too daunting. Right. Well, I mean, Philadelphia has systems. Yeah, they're playing rock, paper, scissors. Right. Well, and they're playing a lot of rock, paper, scissors right now. So in, unless they line up against Philly and have a rock, scissors, paper tournament – I believe they've got they've got a better team than Philly. I still think they've got a ton of talent. I like Cooper, Gallup, Lamb was amazing. I like their O line. 
Um, you know, Martin's still there. Smith, if he can be healthy, um, has the potential to be great. So I, I like that. Collins is a really good player. Uh, Elliott looks like he's in shape. I, I've always liked Dak Prescott. I've, I've told you for years, I think he's got this old soul about him. Um, you know, defensively, um, will a new coordinator. I, I'm a huge uh, Dan Quinn fan. Uh, like, Dan, DQ is is one of the great coaches and one of the great people and great motivators. So, uh, yeah, I believe they've got a team that, that you know, on paper um, – is capable of winning that division. They've got enough talent to not only win that division, but to, but to you know, thrive. Um, I will say this. Washington, the way Washington plays, the way they control the line of scrimmage, the way they physically beat people up, especially on the defensive side, um, I, think they've got, I think they've got a chance. I think it comes down to those two teams in that division. But I think that overall, when you're talking quarterback and you're talking receivers and you're talking kind of all that, I, I believe overall – Dallas has a better team. We'll we'll just see how they play. Some uh, some interesting news. I don't know about interesting, but it, it got some eyebrows raised. Big Ben Roethlisberger showing up to Steelers camp, looking well. I, I, how would we describe it? I guess Ben in the past has gotten kind of um, Pillsbury. Yeah, a little doughy, mm-hmm, uh, a little mm-hmm. chunky, right? Um. You know, somebody called him uh, soggy. Soggy? Kind of looks soggy. He looks a little soggy. Soggy, but what I saw was a guy who looks uh, trimmed down, not as jowly in the face. I'm going to call him fit husky, you know? Fit fit husky. Fit husky, right? He's he's a a fit husky guy right now. Uh, I, I find it amusing that people like to talk about Ben Roethlisberger as being clearly in decline, almost in the past tense. Yet this is a guy last year. Remember, the Steelers at one point were 12-0. and 12-0. Um, and this is a guy who threw the ball 608 times, completed 66% of his passes, 3,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, 10 picks. I guarantee you uh, maybe more than half the NFL teams uh, right now would take that kind of production um, from um, their quarterback? Probably all but about six okay. NFL teams right. would, would say yes 75% to that. 75% of them then, yeah. Yeah, uh, here's the deal. First off, I think that – I think what you said, fit Husky. Yeah. I think that's fitting, but I think there's – like, I think you're trying to get at least a local endorsement deal with, like, J.C. Penney's to create <laughs> a fit Husky line. Well, you because know, I've always called myself as Husky. Yeah, you know? well, you're kind of, you know, and you've you've been uh, working out a little yeah, bit, yeah. and you're doing, you know, you're trying to eat a little bit better. I, I almost look at you and think, fit, fit, I'm looking at going fit Husky. <laughs> right. You're kind of like... You're kind of like uh, the Ben Roethlisberger mini-me. <laughs> so maybe I can get, like, my own line of clothing. That's what know? I'm saying. Fit I'm husky. saying the, the Fit Husky line. Um, You're the entrepreneur. Make it happen, Big Yeah. Brother. Hey, listen, man. When, when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger, like, uh, listen, he did all that that you talked about, the 33, what, 33 touchdowns? There's 10 interceptions there. Yep. With ev- with, without ever having a running game. None. None. They just – they refuse to run the football. So – like, I think there's going to be, you know, far more balance. I think they understand that, hey, man, you know, Ben, like, if you put it all on Ben, eventually, you know, we're going to fall short. Uh, but I thought I thought Ben played well last year. He does look a lot better. You know, they, they went out and got the Alabama running back, Najee Harris, right? Um, I, I just, I look at them and think, 
that's going to be a good situation for Ben Roethlisberger. And I could see him becoming kind of, not that he had a, a huge drop-off year, but I think there's a lot of people that are just counting Ben out. And, and part of that is because, you know, Ben is, you know, Ben has a little bit of drama to him, right? Right, like, right. Like, you know, Ben is like, hey, maybe I don't have it anymore in a press conference when he throws three picks. Maybe I'm no good anymore. Maybe I should just retire, you know? And then, oh, yeah, I twisted my ankle. Look at my clown boot. You know, he's got this big <laughs> size 27 shoe on. Like, oh, look how sore I am. Look right. how beat up I am. So he's got, you know, bring some of that on himself. But I could see Ben having a great, great season and really in, in a division that's just, I mean, Cleveland looks like they've got one of the best rosters in football and they dismantled the Steelers in the playoffs. Um, Baltimore, we know how tough Baltimore is and how hard-nosed uh, John Harbaugh has his team, how hard-nosed they are when it comes to being physical and all those things. And, um, and, and you know, Pittsburgh, like, that, that, could be, that could be a race right there where they could put in, you know, a division champ in, in two AFC wildcard teams. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think Ben Roethlisberger going to have a real – it's hard to say bounce back season, right? Right. But I think he I think he may be one of them sleeping he's a giant man, so yeah. a sleeping giant type of guy. Well, fit husky, no longer yeah. soggy, more fit husky. Uh speaking of Cleveland, Baker Mayfield talking this week about his his contract and getting a new contract done and you know, basically says it'll take care of itself. If you're Cleveland, what do you do? I mean, he's he's good. He's been good. Yeah. But is are you convinced that he's worth investing? Well, you know, five, six years at, at at basically thirty million. Is he is he worthy of joining the thirty million a year club? Well, I don't think you're going to get him at thirty million a year. So, um, you know, I think that's I think that's why it's I think that's why it's taking time. You know, that's uh, what did what did Dak Prescott get? Right, forty some odd million. Like, I mean, you know, what he went to the playoffs his rookie year. He's coming off an injury. I mean, so that's kind of the starting point. Like, I think if, if they could sign him right now and, you know, and average it out at $30 million a year and, and backload it, you know, and give him plenty of signing bonus so it's, you know, it's a, a, it's a, it's a, a good deal for both, both him and, and the Cleveland Browns and – then I think they would do that, but I think it's it's so much money um, that you know they're hesitant to do it. And and ultimately, when you look at you know Baker Mayfield, and I think Baker Mayfield's a really good player, um, but you look at the talent on that roster and the way they win football games by you know running the football, creating the um, you know creating some matchups in in play action and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's kind of how they do it. So I, I think there's probably some cold feet to saying, you know, gosh, we're probably going to have to do this anyhow, but let's just like kind of fight through it for one more, you know, one more season before we, before we bite the proverbial bullet. So I, I, I kind of, I think it's going to happen and, and let's face it, Mike, you know, we all, you know, come draft time, we all get, you know, our panties in a wad over quarterbacks, Right. And, oh, this is the quarterback draft, like this year. You got to do it this year because next year there's nobody good. Right? I mean, come on. Joe Burrow was supposed to be a seventh rounder. He went first overall. Right? Nobody knew who Zach Wilson was coming into last season. He went, what, second overall. I mean. Mayfield was considered a a tweener first, second round pick before 
He his, went first uh, overall. His weigh-in and measurements. So, yeah. Right. There'll be five guys that'll go in the first round next April. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. Right. And But the one thing we know is it, that's a crapshoot. You know, the whole, hey, pick a quarterback, any quarterback, anyone will do. They're all going to be great. You know, I mean, it's just not the, it's just not the case. And so it's so much harder to find that guy. Hey, both of the, what, the 2015 quarterbacks that were taken are both on different teams or out of the league. The 2016 quarterbacks, both on different teams or out of the league. The 2017 quarterbacks, like, I mean, think about it. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't, it's not, it's just not, you know, it's not foolproof by any stretch of the imagination. Everybody goes, well, all the quarterbacks are first-rounders, just about all of them, other than Brady and a couple guys, you know, Derek Carr. And you're like, yeah, because everybody elevates them and everybody takes them in the first round. doesn't mean they're worth that. There's a lot of guys that are first-round draft choices. Trubisky. Trubisky is a backup in Buffalo who was taken over Patrick Mahomes and who was taken over Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson because of his legal issues, may never play again. So, I mean, you know, it, it's a crapshoot at best. And I just, like, it's there's no guarantee. So, you've got a guy that's really that's really good. Maybe he's not in the top ten. Maybe he's not an upper echelon. But could you see winning a championship with Baker Mayfield? I could. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It, 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 a lot of it, whatever uncertainty you may have, maybe you balance that out by saying, well, what's the alternative? And, and maybe that's enough to convince uh, Cleveland to get a deal done. Well, we're getting ready. Uh, camps are opening. Whole another year of talking football. Can't wait to do it with you all year long. Sounds good, my friend. I appreciate you. Um, and this episode of The Stinking Truth brought to you by Superbook. The great folks over at Superbook. Check them out. Also brought to you by Stinking Good Green Chili. Check it out at stinkinggood.com. Mike, thanks, buddy. You got it.